Radio. This is your host, Trevor Karitsen. As always, Steve Smith is joining me. Yeah, we, um, we have a very painful couple weeks for both Trevor and I. I had a couple uh, growths cut out. They're, they're not cancerous or anything. They're just a couple growths that I've kind of let linger for like 10 or 15 years. So um, I finally decided, hey, you know, it's kind of like getting your wisdom teeth taken out. Just get them taken out. And I had some dental procedures done as well. So it's been a kind of a painful couple of weeks for me, both physically and in my wallet. And Trevor also had a surgery. I think his sounds like it was more serious than mine, though. So, Steve, do you have braces now? No, no, it's just the crown. They just uh, – uh, I had braces when I was younger, man. This is horrible, man, horrible. I had to wear headgear. It sucked. Oh, you had to wear headgear. That's tough. I had to wear it at night. It was – every morning I'd wake up sore, man, with sore teeth. It was horrible. But – it worked, you know? I had braces, but I mean, braces are so popular now, you don't even really get bullied about it because, like, half the kids have braces. I don't even know. Like, but I think back then my parents paid probably three or four grand when I was a kid. I don't even know how much braces cost now. I don't see – I know there's other options too. But, yeah, I mean, teeth are important, man. I mean, teeth are very important. Keeping good quality teeth, very fucking important. So um, don't put things off, you know, and take care of your teeth, you young guys. So what happened with you really quick? You had a hip replacement. No, 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 no. I had, I had a tumor cut on my hip on January when they did the follow-up and the ultrasound. They didn't get it all out, so they had to go back in and cut out the rest of it. Um, so it wasn't as bad as the first surgery, but they did still you know, cut quite a bit out of me. I'm still loopy on the anesthesia and painkiller, so right now I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm feeling like I could actually like go to the gym and squat, which I'm not going to do, but... Uh, I'll probably, I'll probably start feeling it in a couple hours. Yeah, sucks, man. Well, hopefully you can at least sleep on that uh, hip tonight. So, so we got some ten, we got some ten uh, great topics, and uh, the first three Trevor's going to introduce because they're kind of lengthy. Yeah, these uh, normally when someone DMs me a question for the show, I'll just forward it to Steve. But these ones are really long, and they even sent photos of their blood work. So the first three. I'm going to read off and then Steve will do questions four to 10. So here's question number one. I ran my own HRT for a 12 week cruise. I did 200 milligrams of test, 12.5 arimacin, two IUs of growth Monday through Friday. So 200 milligrams of test per week, 12.5 arimacin. He doesn't say how often he took that. I'm guessing maybe that was once a week. And then two IUs of growth Monday through Friday. Before starting my next coming cycle, I just had my hormones checked. I got the results back, which I have attached. Do these look appropriate for HRT dosage? I train full body three days a week. I'm a logger, so I don't get enough sleep. Four to five hours, five days a week, seven hours, two days a week. So at his blood work results, his estradiol was 101. The normal round, the normal value is zero to 192. And his testosterone was 22.7, with the normal value being 7.6 to 31.4. So it's pretty much dead center in the normal range for estradiol and testosterone. Um, I'll, I'll just basically say my opinions first, and then you can go. 
Um, I think I think everything looks really good. Um, I'm not sure how you're dosing the arimacin. Um, if you're only taking it once per week, I would split that up into two dosages per week because arimacin has a half-life of 72 hours. So you'll get more stable readings if you split up your arimacin dosage into two dosages per week. So maybe do it like Monday or Friday, Monday and Friday. But your estrogen is right in the middle range. Your testosterone is right in the middle range. Um, everything looks good to me. I mean, that, that's the goal of TRT. TRT is to basically give your body a little boost so that you stay in the normal range. You don't want your testosterone levels above the normal range for TRT. That's not TRT. That's a cycle. So, Steve, what are your thoughts? Um, I think this is a really good question, and I really appreciate him being so in-depth and even providing blood work. The big, big mistakes, guys, come to me when they go to these clinics is a lack of transparency. So the clinics will uh, put them on what the clinic wants to put them on, and the clinic won't explain why you're taking this, why you're taking that. And that seems to be a prevailing problem in the medical community in the United States. Anytime you ask the doctor a question, they get really, really offended by it. It seems to be with medical doctors, not so much with dentists for some reason. I think there's more of a one-on-one relationship with a dentist. After all, he is... Uh, looking inside your mouth for crying out loud. So, but anyway, the the thing with anti-aging clinics and and going to a doctor and stuff is, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be your own doctor on this. So the big mistake that guys are making is they, they're probably, I've had guys run, um, get on TRT from a medical professional and they don't even need TRT. And they don't explain to them that if you go on TRT for four months, five months, six months, eight months, nine months, whatever, that to come off is not going to be easy. So TRT is for life. You don't just go on it for six months or a year and change your mind. That's something shockingly they don't explain to people because they're not, they don't even care about your health. So that's, that's the number one thing. Number two, the dosages are off not only with the testosterone, but also with their AI, the doses are off. And really with TRT, you want to get it where your testosterone levels are balanced in range. And you also want to get it where you don't need an AI. Most guys should not need an AI if they're running a proper TRT dose. I promise you, they will not need an AI. There's obsession with I need to take an AI is has to do more with, you know, guys just don't want any water retention at all, but we need estrogen. We need water retention to be healthy as a, as a male. So you want your estrogen levels in range and you want your testosterone levels in the mid range. You don't want your testosterone levels too high. So those are the big mistakes guys make for TRT. So definitely if your doctor is being a stubborn asshole, not listening to you, not answering your questions, fire them, go find a different doctor because doctors, that do this kind of thing are a dime a dozen these days. So you have to be, you have to have the transparency and the communication has to be there. The only thing I'm going to disagree with you on is the AI. Some people, some people, their bodies aromatize testosterone and estrogen at higher rates than others. Most people on a sensible TRT dosage will not need an AI. Some people will. This guy, his estrogen was right in the middle range. And in fact, it was 101 where the, where the normal range is zero to 192. So he should definitely keep taking his AI. So I would say I agree with Steve that for the most part, most people won't need an AI on TRT, but some people will need a light AI. The only way to know is through blood work. So basically get on your TRT, be on that dosage for about three months, let everything stabilize, 
get blood work done, see where your estrogen is at. If it's high, add in a light AI. If it's in the normal range, you don't need one. Second question, I'm in Canada. Can you recommend any third-party hormone test companies, particularly that one that does IGF levels? I would like to test out my HGH and other labs. A couple of reasons, I don't get tested at the doctor. I want to test as frequently as I want. I am rarely able to take time off work to see a doctor. So this is a really good question. In Canada, the only way you can get blood work done is through a blood requisition form from your doctor. Unfortunately, all those private clinics like private MD are only in the US. The only loophole is that you can go to a naturopathic doctor and they can do blood analysis for you. What they can test is limited. So it will depend on the naturopathic doctor, depend on what facilities they have available, but they most likely can test the basic things like IGF, testosterone, estrogen, things like that. So basically, if you don't want to talk to your doctor about it, the only way would be through a naturopathic doctor. It's pretty expensive though. Like if you want to do blood work through a naturopath, you're looking to spend about 300 to 400 bucks. So honestly, I'd probably just bite the bullet and go to your doctor. What What are your thoughts on this, Steve? Um, you know, if I was in that situation, like I would just go to a doctor, but I mean, a lot of people in the United States, they don't want to pay, you know, we have, we have to pay out of pocket for, for a lot of this stuff. We have high deductibles. So your deductible could be 5,000 a year. Obviously you're not going to spend 5,000 a year on blood work. So it makes more sense just to do it on your own. So you guys can go on our forum, check out my signature. I have a link that tells you everything you need to know about how to get blood work. In most states, you can get it done. Cities in Canada. Yeah, no, I'm saying, I mean, uh, if you're in Canada, just go to a doctor. That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's nothing really you can do about that, you know? So, or, I mean, maybe cross the border and just come to the United States and, and see if they'll, you know, they'll let you do it that way. Just kind of play stupid. I mean, the lab might say, oh, you're a Canadian, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, that's worth a shot. I mean. Actually, that's really good advice because – in Canada, you can only go through your doctor. I mean, you can go through a naturopath, but it's brutally expensive. Actually, that was really good advice, Steve, is this guy could do book a, a clinic, you know, at a place right across the border, make a day trip to the U.S., and then when you go to the lab clinic, just say that you just immigrated from Canada, you haven't um, got a U.S. driver's license yet, and I'm sure I'm sure the chick at the lab clinic won't not, really- not even, because... Um, uh, when I go, they'll, they'll ask me for a driver's license. And I say, I don't have it. Sorry. I mean, I'm, you're not getting drug tested. If you're getting drug tested, you have to show ID. But for this, you do not have to show ID. So, you know, and if they insist, oh, you got an ID, then show them the ID. What are, what are they going to tell you? Worst case, they're going to say, oh, we can't get you. But I think that would work. I, I haven't had anyone try it yet. So if anyone tries it, drop Trevor and I in, in a message and let us know how that goes for you. I'm going to say one more thing and then I'll read off the next question. So in Canada, it's kind of frustrating because the only way you can get blood work done is through your doctor. So I've had clients who have said, who have, you know, basically sent me a DM who said, Hey, I'm on TRT. I know you wanted me to get my estradiol checked, but my doctor didn't check it off on the blood work form. So I checked it off. I'm going to go and get the blood work done tomorrow. Do not do that. Do not check off extra boxes. That is a federal offense. So if you're not happy with your current doctor, shop around. I mean, your health is your responsibility. So if your doctor's a noob, shop around and find a good doctor or go to a naturopath clinic and get it done privately or use Steve's suggestion and make a day trip to the US. 
But whatever you do, do not check off extra boxes on the blood requisition form. That's a federal offense. You can actually do jail time. So that's something you take very, very seriously. Don't, don't do that. That's a horrible, horrible idea. So next question, how do you recommend I take HGH? Dosage, timing of HGH taken, time of day, fasted levels. I'm looking for everything a person would need to know. Thanks. Um, so first thing I'll say is unless you're taking about three to four IUs of HGH, you're not going to really get much from it. Um, if you're doing an anti-aging dosage, you know, two IUs would work. But if you're actually trying to see fat loss, I would say four IUs would be the minimum. I think doing it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach is best. Um, your body is most inclined to oxidize fat then because insulin levels are low and blood sugar levels are low. So what I would do is I would take it first thing in the morning on empty stomach. If you're doing cardio, I would go do your cardio after. If you're not doing cardio, I'd still try to wait, you know, maybe about 30 minutes before eating anything. But I would definitely take it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. And then I hear all these different dosing schedules, like do it Monday to Friday, do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. To get the best results, you want to take it every day. The only reason someone wouldn't take it every day is because it gets expensive. So growth hormone is very expensive. Um, I would do three to four IUs uh, every single day. Um, if you can't afford HGH, I would look into an HGH secretagogue like Nutribol or some of the peptides. What are your thoughts, Steve? I think at the end of the day, just get it in your system. The reason the morning um, is the easiest, I think, it's because it's just like the first thing you do in the morning. You know how people usually get up, feed the dog, feed the cat, whatever. This is something else to just wake up and do. Just wake up, go to your fridge, get the HGH, inject it, done. Then you can move on to doing other stuff and go to the bathroom and stuff. So it makes more sense to do it that way because if you don't, you might just forget to do it. You'll go to work, come home get into your routine and just forget it. So it makes more sense. Plus it has to be refrigerated. So, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to take it to work with you and put it in the refrigerator at work and then inject it on your lunch break. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So just do it first thing in the morning, get it out of the way. How much to use? How long to use? I go run blood work, see where your IGF one levels are, see where your growth hormone serum is. If you're if deficient, then you would benefit tremendously from three IUs a day, you know, and, and that would, you probably notice some big differences the first month. If you're not deficient and you want to use the growth hormone to kind of boost fat loss and sleep, sleep and appetite and all that good stuff, then, you know, run it like, you know, between the three and four, like Trevor said, three or four IUs a day, you'll notice this, some benefits right off the bat. You'll notice hunger, the hunger will go up. The sleep quality will go up. The fat loss, the muscle and strength, lean gains, those usually start kicking in, you know, two, three, four months down the line. So you got to make a decision, like, how long do you want to run it? That's, that's, that's one of the things. Because if you want the true benefits from HGH, you got to run it for at least four to six months. And then you start getting the results. Last thing I'll say is a lot of HGH out there is fake, wrung in from China. And you want to make sure you get legit HGA. So hit myself if you're in the U.S. or Trevor up if you're in Canada. And we'll make sure we get you a good HGH supplier. Steve, you want right. to Next topic is going to be, um, this is a posted on a forum. And it was a really, really good one. So this person is running. He's only 22 years old. He's running four grams of testosterone 
which is 4,000 milligrams a week of testosterone, for those of you who don't know what a gram is. And he's running three more things on top of it. He's only 22, like I said, and his justification is the pros take three to four grams of gear a week. Dallas McCarver took even more than that. So more tests is obviously better results. So he is adamant, and he's a big guy at 22. He's, he looks big, everything. He's adamant, and he's stubborn, and he's saying that that's what you got to do to get big. So, you know, this is a kind of a complicated topic, but Trevor, you're closer to his age. So can you please try to talk some sense into these 20-year-olds who think this mentality? What my first thought was, why are you looking up to a guy who's dead? Like that's, that's probably not not the best person to look up to, but what he said is true. I mean, if you want to get big, you got to take high dosages of stuff. I wouldn't argue with that. What I would argue with is that there's maybe a healthier approach. Um, When you're running high levels of testosterone, you're going to get a lot of rheumatization. You're going to get a lot of water blow. You're going to get a lot of water retention your blood pressure is going to be through the roof. Your resting heart rate is going to be through the roof. It's going to put a lot of strain on your cardiovascular system. So I'm not arguing that, you know, running four grams of tests, you're going to get big and strong. Like you, you will, obviously this guy's big and strong. I'm just saying there's probably healthier approaches. I always think running lower dosages of testosterone and higher dosages of cleaner anabolics is the safest and healthiest approach. Because if you look at bodybuilding, if you look at the most successful bodybuilders, they're old. Bodybuilding is an old man's sport. Um, most of these young guys you see up and coming, they burn out their bodies. They don't compete anymore. I mean, there's so many examples of this. If you look at most of the top up and coming bodybuilders, you don't hear anything from them five years down the road because they burn out their bodies. The, the best bodybuilders are the ones who you know, are moderate and just slowly make progress year after year after year. I mean, Sean Roden just won the Olympia and I'm pretty sure he's 46. So, I mean, he won his first Olympia title at 46. So if you're 22, that means you have 24 more years. So that's the problem with today's society is everyone's so focused on what's going to give me the best Instagram selfie tomorrow when, when you have a very ambitious goal, it's normally a 10-year goal. So instead of focusing on what's going to give me the best physique tomorrow, you should be focusing on what's going to give me the best physique 10 years from now. That would just be some advice I would give him. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this, Steve? I mean, it's really tough now with social media because everyone wants to be beast mode and post up personal records and selfies every single day, but they're not playing the long game. And, and that's, that's the big problem here. I'll give you an analogy. Let's say you get married, okay? You get married at 22. And you start cheating on your wife. It's, first, it starts with, you know something innocent, whatever, and you cheat on her once, they cheat on her a second time, they cheat on her a third time, and it keeps on going. It's one of those things, where is the end, what's the end result from doing this? The end result is you're probably going to give your wife an STD. She's probably going to find out you're cheating on her by looking at your phone or following you one day or something. You're not going to, you're going to kind of lose that connection with your wife it's going to end in disaster. So this is kind of the same thing. If you're running four grams of testosterone a week, plus three more things, what is the trajectory? You're only 22. 
So where are you going to be at 30? Where are you going to be at 35? Where are you going to be at 40? You really think that you're going to be able to sustain running that much gear as you get older? It's not because Dallas McCarver is a perfect example. And you kind of made the point for me by mentioning Dallas McCarver, whoever this guy is, in that Dallas McCarver is dead because he had this trajectory of, I want to be as big as possible and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. So he kept ramping up the doses, ramping up the doses, even though his body was telling him it didn't want that to happen. He kept ramping up the doses anyway. So at some point, what's going to end up happening? It's kind of like shoplifting. You start shoplifting. It starts with something small. Then you start shoplifting other stuff. Then you go to the mall and you start stealing stuff from the mall. Eventually, you're going to get caught. Eventually, you're going to go to jail. And it's, that's going to be on your record. It's going to cost you. So it's going to, anytime you apply for a job, they're going to see that you're, you're a thief. So it's a trajectory issue, guys. You know, don't get into that habit of doing things that are not correct and thinking that, you know what, one day I'll back off because that's not the way the, you know, your mentality is going to work at 22. You're already doing this by 30. You're going to be running 10 grams of gear. You know, it just doesn't, there's no basis for it. So this is a long-term thing. Bodybuilding is a long-term thing. You, you, you need to just like re-examine your life as a whole, because you're basically just screwing yourself and you don't even realize it yet. It doesn't make sense to me. Like you want to be that big for what there's, it doesn't make any sense. You can be almost as big as that by using way, way, way less gear or even no gear. So it just doesn't make any sense to me why people dig themselves a grave like this. I'll say one more thing, Steve, and then I'll let you introduce the next topic is that I remember being in my early twenties. It's a very, very hard time as a man because you're trying to figure out what you want to do for your career. You're trying to find a wife. You're trying to start a family. You're trying to be financially stable. Like there's a lot of pressure from society. So I understand, you know, wanting an outlet, you know, and not feeling adequate, but women really don't care what you look like. Like, I mean, having a nice body, I mean, that's a great asset. Having health, that's, that's so important. But any woman who's really into a super, super big jacked up guy, she probably has her own insecurities and she's probably compensating for that. So just, just, I, my advice to this guy would be take, take a day to kind of just like reflect on what you're doing. Like it's easy to get so caught up in taking more and more and more and more. And you kind of forget why you're even doing this in the first place. So I would, you know, kind of just give this guy some advice to kind of just like take a, take a step back, reflect, and then most likely you'll come to your senses and realize this, this, this isn't smart. This isn't sustainable. I'm going to regret this in 10 years. Um, so that's my advice. Steve, you can introduce topic yeah. five. Okay. So this one was sent in by a woman. She wrote this long message. So I'm going to kind of like condense it and into basically a short story. So she basically um, met this guy through a friend. They started dating. She ends up, um, you know, going out with them and whatever he, she, you know, they go back to her place and he's like, you know, they, you know, they have sex, whatever she's laying in bed and he's in the shower, taking a shower. He gets out of the shower 
and he rips the shower rod off the, you know, off the shower. You know what I'm saying, Trevor? You guys have that in Canada, shower rods? Yeah, we, we have showers. <laughs> so he rips the shower rod off, and he goes in front of her while she's laying in bed, and he starts doing a martial arts thing, like where the shower rod is a sword. And he's, like, moving it around, and, and she was, like, blown away. So sure, basically her question is, is kind of ties into the last topic. Why are men such show-offs? Because to her, she was like, wow, this guy is just trying too hard to show off to me, whatever. And she's completely not interested. So she, you know, she kind of like kind of um, placated with him. And she was like, oh, so you, you, you like martial arts, whatever. And he's like, yes, martial arts is my life. So it kind of ties into the last topic where bodybuilding is that guy's life. So, you know, I asked Trevor this. Have you ever been in that situation where you're just showing off to a woman like that? By the way, he was butt naked when he did it. He, like, did a show in front of her with a, with a, a basically a shower rod as a sword. Um, I think this guy is just a big kid. Like, I, I think he just hasn't grown up. Um, I, I don't know the situation. Maybe he was a millennial where everything was handed to him and his parents told him, like, you're entitled to everything. And, and his parents never told him no, but... If I was a kid and I ripped the shower rod off the shower, my dad would have slapped me silly. And then I would have had to go to Home Depot, buy a new shower rod and then reinstall a new one. Um, it doesn't really sound like this guy was showing off. It kind of sounds like he's just like an idiot. <laughs> um, but I don't know, I guess, I guess people like attention and negative attention is still attention. It's the same reason why people will streak at a hockey game or, or things like that. Or it's the same reason why people will do these YouTube videos where they eat 50 McDonald's hamburgers in an hour. Like they do stupid stuff just for shock value and to get attention. So, yeah, but I think, I think maybe you don't think it was kind of like he was just trying to show her how good he was at martial arts. Cause you know, like a lot of women, they don't go like, they don't go with us to the gym and watch us work out. So it's like one of those things where we want to show them how good we are at something. What's Me? the difference between that? Um, I'm asking, what's the difference between that and him pulling out a guitar and playing the guitar for her? Is my, is, I think well, what like, she wants to know. With, with the guitar, like, okay, so martial arts, the whole point of martial arts is you have a, a, an opponent, right? So him whipping around a shower rod, that doesn't show him how good he is at martial arts because he's not fighting anyone, right? That'd be like me being an MMA fighter and just punching a punching bag. People be like, well, that's cool, but you're hitting an inert object. Like that isn't, so like, I don't, I don't really think you were showing off. Like how can you, he was, he was beating up a ghost. Like how hard is that? I think, I think, you know, I'll kind of answer it a different way, but Trevor brings up a good point, but I think he's, you know, when you're young, you know, you do stuff like that. But I think if, if you really like this guy and I think as a guy, like, I think it's really cool. Like, when a woman kind of shows interest in what you're into. So maybe like, you know, kind of like be like, Hey, you know, can I go with you to one of your martial arts show, you know, fights or one of your martial arts um, training, you know, go there and kind of watch, watch what he's doing. I think he will be, I can remember um, in high school, I dated a girl, she was a really big into soccer and just going to the soccer game and being in the stands as she was playing meant so much to her, you know? And um, so 
And I'll answer it differently. Maybe he's just like, like Trevor said, he kind of wants someone to go and be part of his little thing. So why don't you just, you know, go with him. If you're really into this guy, go with him to the martial arts and watch him do it, you know, with a real sword, you know, or a real stick or whatever. And uh, I think he'll really appreciate that. I think as a guys, you know, we appreciate that. So uh, the next topic is different testosterone esters. So uh, this is a question that we still get a lot of. And, um, you know, it's not a stupid question. It's never a stupid question, by the way, if you want to ask a question on the forum. But a lot of guys always ask, is testosterone pro propionate better? Is testosterone endate better? Is testosterone sipinate better? You know, is sustenin better? Is omnidrin better? You always want to know. And... Um, you know, Trevor, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, do you do you think that there is a better ester? Let, I'll, I'll explain scientifically what an ester actually is, and then, Steve, you can talk about the different esters and, and how they all work. So testosterone, if you were to eject just testosterone, that would basically be testosterone or ester, it would spike your testosterone levels and they would immediately drop. You wouldn't want that, right? Because if you're taking testosterone – without an ester, you'd have to be doing multiple injections every single day to have stable blood sugar levels, stable testosterone levels, because you're injecting a hormone, right? It'd be in your blood system, it would spike, and then it would drop right away. So what pharmaceuticals do is they basically bind an ester to the testosterone molecule. And what the ester does is it slowly releases the testosterone from the ester. So it's a sustained release effect. Now the ester itself is an inert compound. The ester has nothing to do with the hormone. The, the ester is an inert compound. It's almost like the mailman. So basically you take testosterone, you bound it to an ester, and then that mailman slowly releases the testosterone. Now, the ester itself doesn't matter. So I think a lot of people think like testosterone propanate, testosterone enanthate, testosterone sipinate, those are different steroids. They're, they're all testosterone. It's all the same hormone. They're just released at different rates based on the ester. Certain esters are designed to have a long half-life because they're designed for testosterone replacement therapy. So that will allow the person using the steroid to only have to do an injection once per week. Other steroids, other esters like testosterone propanate have a short half-life, and those are designed for people who want the drug to clear their body quick. That would be, you know, like a drug test athlete or whatever. So that would require more frequent injections. So I think the biggest confusion is that people think these are different drugs when it's all testosterone. So whenever you see the word propanate, enanthate, acetate, sipinate, whatever, those, anything that ends in eight, that is an ester. That's not actually the hormone. It's the thing before that's the hormone, right? So testosterone, enanthate, testosterone, enanthate, enanthate is the ester, testosterone is the hormone. Steve, do you have anything to add there? I would say, I'll tell guys this. You got to trust your source. Quality of the brand, quality of the gear is very important. And I recommend, okay, you know, if you are a tested athlete where you're getting actually tested, then you want to go with testosterone suspension because that's going to be in and out of your system same day. It's not going to be detectable. If you're not a tested athlete, absolutely no reason to use suspensions. The, 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 Post-injection pain is horrible. You got to frequently inject it. doesn't make any sense. So I would say if you're doing a long cycle, you know, at least 10 or 12 weeks, or you're doing TRT, 
go with enanthate or sipinate or sustenin or omadrin. Those are longer esters, okay? There's less injection frequency needed. If you're doing a short cycle, six, eight week cycle, go with propionate because you inject that every day or every other day. So it just depends on what you want to run. But at the end of the day, you know, it's going to come down to how good is your source? Do you want post-injection pain? How often do you want to inject? How long is your cycle going to be? Those are, those are all factors to think about when you do decide which one to pick. But at the end of the day, look, if your source sucks, I don't care if it's enanthate, sepinate, probe, whatever. It's, it's garbage gear. It's garbage gear. doesn't matter what you're with the ester you're using is. So make sure, number one, the source is good. That's the number one thing. Next question. Weight training secrets to improve workouts. So right off the bat, Trevor, what is a secret or a tip that you can give people that can tomorrow help them improve? Have a clear cut plan. Have a plan of what your workout is going to be, what exercises you're going to do, even how many sets, how many reps, things like that. So a good analogy would be grocery shopping, right? If you want to get the most of that grocery shopping trip, you're going to make a list because then you know exactly what you need to get. You're going to go in, you're going to make sure you got everything on your list. You're not going to waste money on things you don't need. You're not going to waste time looking around or wandering down the aisles or things like that. If you have a list, especially at a big grocery store like Costco or it's full of impulse buy items, you're going to go in, you're going to get everything on your list. You're not going to waste money. You're going to be in and out. I see so many people, they go to the gym. They don't even know what they're going to do until they get there. And they go, oh, well, I haven't trained chest for a while. So I guess I'll train chest. They do this exercise. Then, oh, that, I haven't done that. I'll do like, it's just so inefficient. So my recommendation would be ideally map out your workouts for the entire week because then you can structure it, right? Because then, you know, maybe you're doing push-pull legs off, push-pull legs off. Maybe you're doing... Um, upper, lower, off, upper, lower, off, off. Something like, I, like, I don't know what your split is, but if you have a clear cut plan, you're going to get so much more out of your workouts because it's so much more efficient. You're not going to waste any time. You're going to know what to do. And then it's all structured. Then you can look back on previous workouts and say, oh, hey, so last week I did 100 pounds on the bench press for 10 reps. This week I'm going to try to do 100 pounds for 11 reps. That way you're going to keep progressing. So that'd be my advice is take a couple minutes um, ideally one, one afternoon, take an hour and map out your workouts for the entire week. So then everything's structured. You're not going to miss any body parts. You're going to make sure that you're properly training each muscle. Um, you're going to give your weak body parts priority, things like that. What's, what's your tip, Steve? Leave your phone in your car. Don't take your phone in. That's so distracting. Number two, don't make too many friends at the gym because you're going to get to the gym. You're going to see someone there. You're going to say hi to them because if you don't say hi to them, it's rude. You don't want to talk to them. I literally, like the other day, I started my workout and these two guys were like, hey, what's up? They start talking right in front of me as I was working out. And I went and completed my workout and they were still in the middle of the gym having a conversation. They literally accomplished nothing. So in the gym, you know, Try not to be this, the person that, you know, makes friends with every single person. Just go in there, 
be polite to the person up front, hello, whatever, go inside, do your workout, handle your business, and then you can socialize after. You know, but don't go there and just make it into social hour. Number, and then the, another one to understand is understand what weight training is all about, okay? Because a lot of people don't understand what weight training is. Obviously, our goal when we weight train is to break down the muscle, okay? So when you're working out, you have to break down your muscle. It just boggles the mind how I see people go there, and they don't do the exercise with any type of proper form. They're not getting, they're not stimulating the muscle. They're not breaking down the muscle. It's like they're a monkey swinging out of a tree. It's not, that's not weight training. You have to focus on breaking down that muscle so your muscle can repair stronger and bigger because what ends up happening is you do the exercise incorrectly and you don't get any type of benefit from it because you're more interested in showing off how much weight you can do. You're more interested in that girl next to you on the machine. So you just go on the machine and just sit there and do nothing for 20 minutes. So, you know, handle your business more at the gym. That's my tip. These are, these are little things that you can do, but it's, it's just amazing how much time people waste going to the gym and they don't get any results and they wonder why. Next topic is very simple question that someone asked, why are hamburgers bad? I don't think hamburgers are inherently bad. I think it's the hamburgers at a fast food restaurant are bad. So when you go to a fast food restaurant, you're gonna have white bread that's made with, with wheat. You know, it's gonna be full of gluten. It's gonna be very inflammatory in the body. Chances are it's gonna have high fat condiments, something like mayonnaise, which is made with soybean oil, full of omega-6s, very inflammatory in the body. You're gonna have very fatty, meat that comes from abused sick animals that are fed corn again lots of omega-6s lots of inflammation um there's just very very little nutrition in it and it's very inflammatory in the body you know there's there's zero fiber um it's white bread it's processed meat and there's high fat condiments so if you like hamburgers you know you could i'm not really a big fan of bread but you know you could get some grass-fed beef you could make your own patty you can maybe put on some avocado on top instead of using mayonnaise you could use a lettuce wrap. You could use a portobello mushroom as as the as the, the burger, or you could have um, you could have like a steak sandwich type idea, right? So you could have the burger with with some avocado on top, and then maybe some rice on the side. So it's not. I wouldn't say like the hamburger itself is bad. I would just say the hamburger you're getting from a typical fast food restaurant is just very poor quality. It's very high in fat, very high in carbs, very low in protein. Lots of omega-6s, very inflammatory in the body. Um, it's just going to cause a lot of inflammation, a lot of digestive upset, and you're going to not really be getting any nutrition. It's just empty calories. I'll give you a good uh, burger recipe that's not bad at all. That's actually healthy. Get organic grass-fed beef, uh, ground. Then uh, just cook it either uh, in the oven, on the stove with coconut oil, or on the barbecue. Cook it medium or medium well. Don't overcook it. If you overcook meat on a barbecue, that's, that's uh, carcinogenic. So you don't want to do that. Get some lettuce, lettuce wraps, okay? And it makes some guacamole. Make some homemade guacamole as a topping. So you put the, the meat in the lettuce wrap and then put the guac on top and then shut that thing. 
It's delicious. That is the most delicious, healthy burger you could eat. Chock full of omega-3s, you know, and um, really, really good fats and absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's, that's a meal that you could eat. You could eat that meal several times a week and it would not, you know, have any, any effect on your, uh, your body. But I mean, red meat is kind of hard to digest though. So obviously you don't want to eat that before your workout, but you know, that'd be a good option. Like after your workout, for example, you know, it sounds, it sounds really good. Next topic is ties into this. It's after workout fast food options. So, um, I actually was after a workout the other day, super, super hungry. So I passed by Chipotle and actually I messaged Trevor. I'm sure you remember this. I asked Trevor, I was like, look, Trevor, Chipotle puts sunflower oil in their food. What do you think about sunflower oil? And what did you tell me? Sunflower oil is extremely inflammatory in the body. It's pretty much pure omega-6s. It's pretty much pure inflammation. So basically, Chipotle after your workout is probably not a good idea. If you're trying to lose fat, not a good idea. You want so, to know why they use sunflower oil? Uh, well, I mean, it's cheap. It's a preservative. Obviously, they don't want the food to go bad. It's cheap. That's why. It's, it's like a tenth of the cost of macadamia oil or avocado oil or extra virgin olive oil. It's the only reason fast food companies use canola oil or soybean oil or sunflower oil or safe oil is because it's cheap. That's, that's like, they know it's crap. It's just cheap. And it, when it really comes down to it, any business is about making money, right? So if they can make a meal for a dollar and sell it to you for $10, it's going to make way more profit than if they can make a meal for $5 and sell it to you for $10. So it's not, it's not like they're stupid. Like they know it's terrible for your health. They just want to make money. So what are some food, fast food options then after your workout? I'll, I'll tell you what I do. So most, most days I would just come home and have a meal. But if I knew like I got a meeting or something like that, after my workout, I would have a shake. Um, I'd have a vegan protein powder with some greens powder and then I'd have some fruit, you know, maybe, uh, maybe an apple and a banana, something like that. I'd slam that after my workout, go to whatever I had to do. And then maybe two hours after have a solid food meal. Um, but I think he wants to know what, where he can just stop like on the way home and grab. Is there like a restaurant or any type of food that's sold at a fast food restaurant that he could get as an option rather than coming home? Um, I'd maybe go to a grocery store and go to the deli section and maybe get some like hard boiled eggs and some fruits, uh, maybe some nuts or something like that. I mean, there's really not great options at fast food places and it's really expensive. Like if you were to get, you know, chicken like grilled chicken with no bun like it's gonna cost you like 15 bucks so i'd maybe go to like a grocery store and maybe go to the deli section maybe get some deli meat maybe get some fruits um i've seen actually delis have you know baked potatoes things like that you can easily get some nuts that's what that's what i would do personally yeah i can't i you know i i i'm sorry dude i mean i tried i looked this up i tried looking at what these fast food places put in their food I just couldn't come up with, with a, a recommendation out there. Like I looked up McDonald's, Wendy's, uh, Chick-fil-A, um, Chipotle, Subway, all these places. I mean, it's all just trash food. So if you're trying to lose weight, go ahead. You go to Subway and go on their nutrition facts. Like you have to do it on the actual website. If you read the ingredients of their chicken breast, it's like 20 ingredients. It's like modified chicken ingredients, soy protein, 
cornstarch, yeast extract. Like, it's like, they, they don't even give you chicken. They give you like a processed thing that looks like a chicken breast. Like, it's just, there's really no good options when it comes to fast food. And the problem is that fast food is all about cheap and convenience. So they can't give you a high quality product because it expires and it's expensive to make. No one would go to Subway and spend 20 bucks on a sandwich. So your best option would be to like stop by a grocery store, like I said, or, you know, even things like beef jerky, nuts, dried fruit, kale chips. Those are all non-perishable things you could keep in your car. So, I mean, you could have some like almonds, maybe some uh, plain brown rice cakes, um, maybe some tuna packets that don't require a can opener. You could have all those things in your car. So if you're ever in a pinch, it's all right there for you. I checked gas stations to see their nuts. All their nuts have like hydrogenated oil and, and preservatives in their nuts. It's not even plain nuts. So, I, I mean, at this point, it's like, you guys, you got to put it in your own hands. It's kind of like doctors. You know, you got to put this shit in your own hands. You can't depend on another human being to, 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 to hand feed you this stuff. You've got to make your own food. You got to food prep. It takes time. Before we did this podcast, you know, I, I had like five, 10 minutes. You know, I told Trevor, I'll be ready in five, 10 minutes. What did I do in that five, 10 minutes? I was like multitasking. I was getting everything done. I was food prepping. I was making avocado, uh, some guacamole from avocado. You know, I went out to my garden. I picked what I needed to pick and I made it in five minutes before we did this podcast. And now when we finish this podcast, I'm going to eat my guacamole. So you guys got to, you got to put in the time. You got to learn how to make this shit, guys. I mean, don't be, stop being lazy. You know, there's it, just no good option because these companies want to make money. They want to put preservatives in the food because the food goes bad. A restaurant or a fast food place, their inventory cannot sit for a long time without going bad. And once it goes bad, they lose money. So they have to add these preservatives for a reason. It's so it doesn't go bad. So you don't have any good fast food options or I, I, I can't find anything for you on this. I'm sorry. Um, so the next uh, topic, the final topic guys is best BCAA choices. So Trevor, why don't you explain what BCAA is? Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna go on a rant here. So before I talk about BCAAs, I'm gonna talk about amino acids. So amino acids are the building blocks of protein. So whenever you eat protein, your body digests that into its constituent amino acids. Now, you have three categories of amino acids. You have essential amino acids, conditionally essential amino acids, and non-essential amino acids. So essential amino acids are amino acids your body cannot manufacture. Those are amino acids you need to get through diet or supplementation. Your body cannot make them. You've conditionally essential amino acids, those are amino acids your body can manufacture, but it might not be able to manufacture enough in periods of high stress. That's kind of a marketing tool. Um, any healthy person listening to this podcast will be able to manufacture enough conditionally essential amino acids. It would only be someone who was in like a major car accident or something like that, who their body couldn't manufacture enough conditionally essential amino acids. And then you have non-essential amino acids. So non-essential amino acids are amino acids your body can make themselves it can turn carbohydrates or fats into those amino acids. So those are the least important. Now, the branch chain, chain amino acids are three of the eight essential amino acids. Leucine, isoleucine, and valine are the three branch chain amino acids. Now, marketing companies, supplement companies are very, very smart and they use really good terminology. So the amino acid leucine, that's one of the essential amino acids. It's one of the branch chain amino acids as well. 
it signals muscle protein synthesis through the mTOR pathway. So if you ever look at a BCA supplement, it's going to say something like stimulates protein synthesis up to 400% by the mTOR pathway or something like that. That is a true statement. That is validated by science. The problem is that that is just a signal. Your body cannot actually manufacture protein unless it has all the eight essential amino acids. Remember, they're called essential because your body cannot make them. It needs to be obtained through diet or supplementation. So if you take a BCA supplement that just contains BCAs and doesn't have all the eight essential amino acids, it's almost like the boy who cries wolf syndrome. You signal muscle protein synthesis, but your body can't actually do anything with that signal. Your body becomes less sensitive to that stimulant, and actually some studies show it becomes resistant to anabolic stimuli. So BCA supplements are a scam. Don't take them. If you want to supplement with amino acids, make sure you're taking a full spectrum essential amino acid supplement. So that's my rant for the day. BCA supplements do more harm than good. Do not spend money on BCA supplements. If you want to supplement with amino acids, I actually do use essential amino acids. Um, let's say I have to train early. So what I'll do is I'll train fasted and during my workout, I'll have essential amino acids. Um, but I make sure I have essential amino acids, all of the eight essential amino acids, not just BCAs. What are your thoughts, Steve? Every social media, Instagram, you know, fitness celebrity that has a supplement line, they always have amino acids, BCAAs. Reason for that is because they're cheap as fuck and they're legal as fuck. And why are they illegal as fuck? Because they don't do shit for you. Really, they don't. You don't need a fucking BCAA. So I don't mind people hustling. Just don't lie to me. You know, don't, you know, don't come out and say hey, you need this shit because you don't. It's, it's a, just a tremendous waste of money. I always tell guys, you know, when it comes to this stuff, and Trevor gave you an example of where you would need an amino acid, but if you live in, a, in, in, in the first world country, developed nation, I, it, you know, there's no reason that you would need an amino acid. I mean, there's just no reason at all. You're getting it from your food already. So it's not going to make a difference. I, I, it truly will not make a difference. It's just burning a hole in your wallet for nothing. Um, I would say an essential amino acid supplement might add 5%, but it's not the big picture. I mean, I see guys all the time, they're spending money on pre-workouts and essential amino acid supplements. They're not following a proper diet. They're not tracking their workout. They're kind of missing the big picture. It would almost be like going to the gym and not and training only forearms, right? Like you're, you're, you're missing the big picture. Like you get a lot more out of your time if you actually trade legs and chest and back and things like that. So I agree with everything Steve said. I mean, if you want to use an amino acid supplement, use an essential amino acid supplement, but it's going to be giving you maybe an extra 5% at most. So spend your money on the stuff that matters first, a gym membership, quality food, massage, physiotherapy, chiropractic, things like, things like that will actually improve your training. And then if you got some extra money to spend and you want an essential amino acid supplement, buy it. I mean, one of the main reasons I take it is that it's, it's, it's highly palatable, so it'll make me drink water. But I'm not delusional to think it's going to add 20 inches to my arm or anything like that. It's, and then I, don't, I also get it for free, so I don't pay for it. So full disclosure, if I had to pay for it, I probably would take it. Any final remarks before I close up the show, Steve? Uh, final, any final words, you know, before you put me to death? 
No, um, just, you know, guys, you know, keep submitting the questions. We love, we love the stories, especially Trevor loves the stories. He tells me after the podcast and uh, he already messaged me. He said he loved this story, by the way, about the naked guy doing martial arts. So it gave him an idea to try himself. Give me so keep the questions. Huh? Give me a nice Halloween costume. I'm going to have like, I'm going to wear a thong because, you know, you got to, you got to keep it. No, no, this is what you're going to do. You're going to bring out like. And you're going to bring out like a bench press set and then you're going to start benching in front of her in the nude to impress her, just so you can show her how many reps you can do. And she'll be really impressed. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but, uh, but, but anyways, you guys, if you got questions, you can send me a DM on Instagram or you can send me an email. Both of those are in the show notes. Or if you're on the evolutionary.org forums, you can send Steve a private message or visitor message. Um, definitely check out evolutionary.org. It's a free forum. Um, it is an uncensored forum. So you're allowed to talk about steroids, you're allowed to talk about sources, talk about weight training, nutrition, no topics are off limits. So a lot of other bodybuilding forums don't allow you to talk about steroids. You can talk about steroids. You can talk about sources. You can talk about whatever your heart desires. So check out evolutionary.org. It's completely free. Um, and yeah, it's another great episode. For your host, Trevor Karitson, for my co-host, Steve Smee, this is another episode of Evolutionary Radio. Live your life, look good doing it. Thanks for listening.